Hello and welcome to the Climbing Arborist podcast. This podcast was recorded on location from the Jobber booth at the TCI Expo 2019 in Pittsburgh. My guests for this podcast are Rudy Rootmiller and Maurice from Petzl America. I get to ask uh, Rudy and Maurice what their roles are within Petzl America and a little bit of a background on themselves. I also get to ask them Petzl's response to um, a huge opinion from the ARB community regarding uh, the chicane and the fact that every a lot of people feel that the idea was taken and copied from the rope wrench and yeah what the response of Petzl is so thank you very much for giving up some time at the TCI Expo which is always crazy busy and especially for the guys at Petzl so really appreciate appreciate their time and um, hope you guys enjoy thank you this podcast is brought to you by Westbur Tree Equipment. Westbur Tree Equipment is an arborist supply store that pretty much has anything you would ever want as a tree climber. Um, if you're wanting a new harness, new ropes, new spurs, new rigging gear, uh, rigging block, different hardware, carabiners, micro pulleys, slings, all of that good stuff, all of that nice, shiny, brand spanking new equipment that you want to buy, um, especially after listening to the podcast and you know getting a bit of an itch for some new gear, um, head over to westbur.com forward slash pod, that's P-O-D, and use the promo code DAN, D-A-N, and you'll get 10% off your entire order. So go over to westbur.com forward slash pod, P-O-D, and use the promo code D-A-N to get 10% off your entire order. And if you go over to Westbur, um, or, or if you want some advice, give Westbur a call. Uh, speak to the nice guy, Dave. He is an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to tree climbing equipment. He's been in the industry for years. Um, he, he manages to get his hands on all new types of equipment that just comes out and gives it all a trial run. So he has a, a great wealth of knowledge when it comes to tree climbing equipment. So once again, that's westbur.com forward slash pod and use the promo code D-A-N. This podcast is also sponsored by Jobber Business Software. Jobber is an online business software that can be implemented into any style of business, but it works especially well for arborist companies. Um, I use it in my own business and it has made such a huge difference. I, I own and run quite a small tree company, so I didn't know that it would be that much help and like how much more time it's going to save me on the admin side because I didn't feel like I had a lot but as soon as I started implementing it um, it saves me so much time just from doing um, quotes on the app out on site when I'm actually on the property to then being able to invoice as soon as I get in my truck from completing a job means that I don't forget to send invoices which I have been guilty of in the past and probably uh, lost quite a lot of money from. Um, it also lets you manage your crews, so all of your crew can have a, the app on their phone. And once that person is selected for a specific job on the desktop version, that person, once they open their app, will see the job, will see all the details, um, will see the client's information, um, and it can be restricted also on how much detail they see if you don't want them to see the cost of the job all that kind of stuff uh, It's very versatile and it's absolutely amazing software and it's really changed the way that I run my business. It's just made everything just so much easier. So if you want to try out uh, Jobber, 
then the best thing to do is go to the website, climbingalbris.com, and you'll see the link, the image for Jobber across the top of the, the page. If you click on that link, what that will get you is a 14-day free trial, but it'll also get you 20% off your first six months subscription. So go to the climbingalbris.com website, click on the Jobber banner, and you'll get 14-day free trial, and you'll also get six months um, subscription at 20% discount. Uh, I can't say enough about Jobber. It's been absolutely fantastic for me using it so far, and I couldn't imagine going back to the Stone Age way that I was running my business before. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it should be. You guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay. You sound great. Cool. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, thanks for joining me, guys. Um, I'm here with Rudy Rootmiller from Petzl and Maurice I, I, Pilot. Pilot. Yeah. Right. I'll never, I'm not going to remember that. So it's I'll just, okay. I'll keep asking you. Yeah, it's okay. It doesn't um, matter. So we're at the TCIA. And uh, firstly, Rudy, just tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do for Petzl, that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So I am our Eastern sales manager on the professional side of the business. And uh, I kind of claim myself as an in house arborist as well. Uh, so I've been an ISA certified arborist going on six years now, so past my five-year mark. Uh, so still relatively new to the industry. Uh, I guess if you count school before that, it's another four years. Got a forestry degree from Virginia Tech. Uh, but I've been in the industry five, nine years, depending on how you count it. And uh, really love the arboriculture industry. Uh, but for Petzl, we're in the professional side. We're in a whole bunch of different markets. So we do uh, like tower climbing, some tactical stuff, some theatrical rigging. Uh, but near and dear to my heart is arboriculture for sure. So happy to be here. Perfect. Um, and a bit of background on yourself, Maurice. Okay, so I'm, a, uh, I'm an arborist for uh, it's my 31st year in the, in the field. So I got a, quite a bit of experience there. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of training. So I've been a trainer for at least uh, 18 years. And I have a small company that does uh, training for uh, arborist uh, work in general, to rescue and rigging and stuff like that. So, and I'm a rep for Petzl for, uh, for uh, Western Quebec in Canada. Okay, so you, you, yeah, li you, you live and work I, in Quebec? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm near Montreal area. Okay, and how long have you been a rep for Petzl? It's my second year, but I've been involved with Petzl for uh, about uh, maybe more than six years. I'm, I've been working on an R&D project and stuff like that for them, uh, testing all their products, field tests mainly, and then uh, helping them with some designs and stuff like that. So Maurice nice. is one of our special weapons. Whenever we need a, a field expert, we go to Maurice and so... We can thank Maurice for some of the products we've come out with. Nice. So, and you, so you have all the top secrets. Yeah, that, that I can ask you. You've got to keep your lips Our seal, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. And uh, how tough is that? To, to unseal it? Yeah. <laughs> to keep them <laughs> sealed. Keep oh, okay, yeah. Well, it, it's kind of, it, it is really tough because uh, I'm really passionate about what I do and, and I can see all the benefits of the new you know, products that we come out. I can see them. Uh, I see them about... Uh, between two and a half and three years, you know, before it's out in the market. So, uh, so I have to keep all that secret, and I have to work with the device to, you know, to be able to test them. So it's kind of a hard thing to do and not be uh, uh, out on social media and stuff like that. So I'm really, I, I don't have a Facebook, I don't have uh, any Instagram and nothing of like that. So it's, and that part it's easy for me to, not to show too much of this stuff. But uh, I got to be careful, you know. I presume you have to be. When you're testing the products, you have to be quite ruthless in your feedback. 
Yeah. Otherwise, it's, ne it's yeah, never going to be a, a, yeah. a great product. And, and, and the, uh, the objective is, is really to test them, you know, in, in real application. You know, yeah. So, so uh, in a way, you got to be, uh, you know, doing real stuff with it. Yeah, yeah sure. so Maurice has the dream job, right? So he's doing production arboriculture a handful of days out of the week, doing some rep stuff, doing some training as well. So he gets a good blend of still being in the field after 30 yeah. years and getting to yeah. put gear yeah. through the ringer. Yeah. And sometimes I get to break stuff, and so it's pretty good. Nice. So I, I don't know who, I, which one of you will want to answer this question, but I'm going to chuck it out there because it's one that a lot of people listening will want to know. Obviously, you came out with the chicane. Mm -hmm. um, and... It's, I like in my opinion and probably most people's it, the idea has come from the rope wrench. Yeah. Um, what what's kind of your response or like Petzl as a company's response because you you obviously hear it all the time. Uh, oh, that's ripped off the rope wrench. That all that kind of stuff. Um, how like how do you respond to those things? Because obviously the idea it's not rocket science. The idea came from the rope wrench, but. You know, Petzl have incorporated it as part of like a yeah, system. I'm so. happy to take this one, uh, Maurice. So we we listened to the market, right? So people came out with the zigzag. Everybody was saying the zigzag's awesome. I want to use it in an SRT or a stationary rope system application, uh, but Petzl doesn't allow it. So guys were using the rope wrench. It works, right? Uh, but Petzl couldn't validate that. So a lot of what Petzl does is uh, is risk management, right? So number one, we make great products that are safe. And so we couldn't say that you could use a zigzag in a stationary rope solution until we came out with the chicane. So I, I like saying that first because we try to listen to the market. It would have been awesome, in my opinion, if Petzl came out with a completely unique device. But what we did, we added friction. We solved the problem because you got to add friction to the device to make it work in a stationary system. We did that. We tweaked it. We, you know, created the handle on uh, on the chicane, the carabiner insertion point. The bollards are different. Uh, so it's a it's a unique product. Yeah, it is similar, definitely. Uh, but we have the patent for it and uh, create a product that is intended 100% and only to be used with the zigzag. And the response has actually been really great. I know this time last year at TCI, uh, we were wondering, we were saying, how much hate are we going to get for this looking like the like the rope wrench? And uh, our our job is to sell what products come down the pipeline, right? So we stand by our products. Maurice tested the products, thinks it's a fantastic device. It works well. Like I said, it's completely intended for the zigzag. Yeah, um, only compatible with that. And and we're not and Pezzo's not claiming that they invented the system. Yep. You know, it's 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 really it's really been invented by yeah by Kevin. But uh, yeah, and and so I, I'm glad that. I'm glad that you say that and you, you know, you um, you recognize that because if if Petzl were to come out and say we came up with this idea, it's all our idea, like everybody is going to call bullshit on it because it's completely, you know, it's it, it's obviously the idea has come from the rope wrench. It's it's the way to add friction so you can yeah. move up and down from ascent to descent. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a, it was an, an amazing tool and it's changed the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, if you think about product development, right? Only every once in a while you come out with a completely new and innovative, never seen before under the sun product, right? Yeah. And other than that, you take something in it and it improves, right? Yeah. So you take a, a regular carabiner and then you make it into an H-frame carabiner, and that's a step, and that's a step, and that's a step. And I think the the 
conversation is so touchy around it because the rope wrench uh, was so cool and, and unique. And Petzl was the next one to improve upon it. We were just taking a step to make it completely compatible uh, for the zigzag specifically. And, and that's the, really the key. It's, it's compatible with the zigzag. So if you look at the way, there's certain solidity of the device that really makes it only compatible with the zigzag. Yep. So it's not really, in com in com it's not competing the uh, rope wrench at all because the rope is not supposed to be used onto the zigzag. Yep. So if you look at a, uh, like a marketplace, it's, 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 just, it's, uh, it's just beside it. You just tilt that microphone okay. up, up towards like, so, okay, yeah. so, yeah. so they're, they're, they're supposed to be uh, once uh, uh, on, on each side of the, the device, you know, so it's, it's once for the zigzag and once for, for knots. So it's not, you're not competing together. Yep. You know? So it's, I know it's been seen like a, uh, uh, maybe a rope and skiller or what, stuff like that, but it's not at all. It's, it's only for our device. And, we, and it's, it's, not our, uh, it's not our say to what's going to be used on our device because we didn't test it. So it's really important for us to have our device on compatible with ours. And the thing is that liability on, on, yep. on using a zigzag with a rope wrench without us testing it, you know, it can be. Yeah. And yeah. It, so, it, so, for example, our after sales departments, we don't get many returns. Uh, our returns on all of our product lines are actually quite low, which is neat. But we were seeing a lot of zigzags come back to our after sales department and you can tell by the inspection point that it's oh this was being used in a single rope system before the chicane yeah and so we would get that actually quite a bit uh and we said that's not under warranty you're not using it as it's intended to via the technical notice uh, and you, you like you could tell that by like the excessive wear points or exactly so? okay yeah underneath underneath the zigzag okay. on the bottom part yeah on the on levers and uh and um yeah. So, uh, so have you do, uh, has, has Petzl done like a some kind of like side by side comparison to see if one if the chicane or the rope wrench adds in more friction than the other? The thing is that the the lever on the, the on the rope wrench is not the same as on the chicane, so it's more compatible on the release of that on the on the on the chain. So a knot will release much higher for most knots, like a VT or something like that will, will release, you know, and much higher, so it needs that that focal point to bend to be able to engage that that friction there. So the chain is not really doesn't have that much release. So you need to have that good release, you know, that good leverage, that distance between the baller and the, the access point of pivoting. So that's where the compatibility is really on both systems. Awesome. Thank you very much. For you started <laughs> us with a hard question. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, no, thanks for yeah. And then um, the thing that, what I want to add is that uh, uh, you know if, if you look at the uh, like the fixed pulley. So now there's a lot of pulleys in the market that are fixed, but the, the pulley was actually, they can, they can claim what they want, but it, it's, it's a copy or, it's not a, I wouldn't say a knockoff, but it was kind of a copy of the same pulley that's on the market. But it's, it's still all the same, basically the same idea. You take any product category, you're talking about helmets and, all, and yeah. a bunch of knockoff helmets. I think probably, the main point of why people feel so strongly in this case is that one, it was an amazing idea and invention by Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah. it was one individual person that came along, tinkered around and invented the device himself. It wasn't like a whole huge company to invent it. So it's like the kind of the masses are behind that individual person who was the inventor, the creator, the breeder of new ideas. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's why uh, opinion is so strong in this case compared to other companies copying 
other large companies copying other large companies' products. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, I do want to acknowledge that Kevin is a complete genius, and he's brilliant, Definitely. and has done an incredible amount for the industry. I like. I mean, I respect Kevin. I like Kevin. I think everybody at Petzl respects and likes Kevin. Uh, but when you come to manufacturing in France, in a whole different country, right? I think it's uh, it's a little different, and I don't think the two dots were connected, right? I don't think the manufacturer and the and the R and D folks were saying, "Oh, let's partner with with Kevin to make this happen." Like that happens in North America, right? But it, culturally, there is a difference there, uh, and. I, I just want to say that like we respect Kevin a lot, and after we brought out the chicane, there was there was connection there between Petzl France Manufacturing and, and, and Kevin and, and Kevin uh, directly, and they had some conversations, and, and we did address Kevin uh, directly. So that's kind awesome. of where we are. With and, and what I want to go through is that uh, uh, all these these items that comes in the market becomes the standard. So if you look at uh, the itch climber, it it is a standard now. You know, so yeah. for us to, to modify the zigzag, have a, another connection point on it, it becomes a standard. So it can be looked at as a copy, but it's it's just a standard. So if you don't get in the market, it's learning. So it's the same thing with the chicane. It's uh, you know, it's it's the standard. So if you want to use a SRS system or a stationary world technique, we need to add friction into our device. And we always said that from the get-go. If you look at the, the earliest uh, technical notice, it was able to use the zigzag on a stationary rope. Uh, way, but we were saying always to just to add friction, and yeah. so it's it's only adding friction. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, and, and, we, and making the chicane really compatible with the with the zigzag. Yeah, awesome. Um, I think this one's a question for you. And uh, at the Petzl Symposium, you kind of answered this to the group of people. But okay. um, another like common question that needs uh, wants to be asked to Petzl is about the carabiner being choked off on a spar that's yeah. in the instructions and I know uh -huh. that's quite a big thing so you kind of give your take on the yeah. the instruction manual and yeah so what Pezzo is going to say is they're going to say that uh, we're not supposed to side load a carabiner so that's not changed at all so it's, it's up to user to, to be able to, to, to tell if your carabiner is side loading onto the spar so if you have a big spar it's not an issue because when you look at the, the carabiner, how it's loaded, it's loaded in uh, the major axis. It's not an issue. So if you get a, but if you go in other tech notice, like in a, the, the zillion tech notice, you'll see that it's really important to have a certain diameter to be able to choke on. So it's really the end user to be able to this, this, to say, am I sideloading my carabiner or I'm not sideloading my carabiner. So if you're not sideloading my carabiner, it's not an issue. So there, so if you look at uh, tying off a spar, so if you do a running bowling, so most of the guys will do that, do a running bowling and choke on the spar. So if you look at that, I can easily say that uh, that that's going to bring your your strength of your rope 50% lower. But if you do it with a carabiner, it's not a carabiner is going to break. The rope is going to break way before the carabiner, even if it's if it's slide, uh, slide loaded a bit, a bit. So it's not really the, weak, uh, the weakest link. Uh, is it the best way to do it? I wouldn't say it's the best way. But it's more practical. It's just easy. Let's say you're climbing up a spar and you want to do, you want to pass uh, branches. It's much easier to, instead of undoing a knot, just unclip a carabiner and going up. Yeah. So it's it's a practical way, but it's 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 not. The, is it the best way? It depends on the user. Yeah. You know, it's all it's it's all that, and it's not in puzzle to say to the end user what they're going to do and what's more, you know, uh, better for them in their situation. We just we just say that our device is made for this. Be used this way. And we and that that's it. And then the end user has to 
by itself tell himself, is it secure the way I'm going to use this device? And if it is for him, well, he's welcome to do it. Yeah. The carabiner being choked on a spar is just an example, right? We're, Petzl's not saying this is how you do it. In Petzl, Petzl, we are really good at telling the end user or the safety directors, whoever, how to use our products in the correct way, in the wrong way. Let me say everything in the middle. That, your, we're not going to tell you how to do your job. That's what Maurice can help you outside of Petzl as a trainer. He can give you suggestions on how to accomplish the job objective. But the, the spar is just an example. It's not, this is how you must do it. But obviously Petzl feel confident enough that they can use that as an example and it's going to be safe. Um, and to your point, Maurice, uh, about tying a knot, yeah. If, you, if you tie a knot and don't use a carabiner, the knot is actually obviously weakens the the rope, and then would become most likely weaker than yeah. even a, even if like you, a kind of a side loaded carabiner. Anyway, well, yeah, yeah, I think it would, be, it would break uh, faster. Yeah. yeah. The thing is that uh, if you do a running bowling and you pull on it, it'll be weaker than just a, a bowling. You know, a bowling you get between seventy-five uh, percent to eighty, even up to eighty percent strength on, on, on a bowling. A lot of, lot of do documentation will say 50%, but when you really test it, yeah, it can get easily 70%. But if you do a running bowling, and you pull on it, you'll get much lower than 70%. Yeah. So, we, we, I've tested this myself, so that's what I said, I could break a bit of stuff there, so I did a, a lot of tests myself. And uh, if you get on, on, on every, anything that's, that's uh, bigger than 10 inch, the rope is gonna break way before the carabiner yeah. and below 10 inch up to 4 inch the carabiner is going to side load and bend a bit and it's still going to break the rope before so it's always a rope that's going to be the weakest link into your into that type of scenario so but it's really up to the end user, end user. To, 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 to look at how he's going to anchor on a spar and, and, and say to himself am I side loading carabiner if I am this is not a good technique if, it, if I'm not it, it, everything's okay and it is for I suppose the, the problem comes with like to so to you and I as an experienced arborist, you would know that that's that's not the best way, and you so we well, would. Well, it's not the best way. Yeah. Depending so we, on who's using doing it. Yeah. So yeah. we would probably do something different, but it's it's a quick way. So for like quick changeovers, ascents, that kind of stuff, it's a, it's a it's a it is a good method to yeah. So it's used for for yeah for quick for, connection. Yeah. So I've I've done it. Yeah. I, I'm gonna probably do it again. Yeah. Uh, am I doing it always? It's all depending on the situation. Situation. I'm, yeah. yeah. And that and that and that's and it can be in a situation. I'm I the way I see it, it can be not good, but for something else, somebody else doing it the same way, it looked at it and say it's good. So it's up to him. It's really up to him. He's the user. He's the end user. Yep. So we'll, we'll, in the tech notice, we'll say what's not to be done and what's meant to be done. And then after that, everything else is your responsibility. You have to take that responsibility. You. And that's, that's the same thing for every manufacturer that's going to put something out there. So most of that manufacturer doesn't have uh, the, the broader products we have. Yep. So we have a lot of products. So I said we have a lot of involvement in work at height. So if you look at uh, like other manufacturers has less product, so maybe they have less issues with some of those, but you know, so I, I think that's really up to them to yeah. take responsibility. So I, I do stuff in my my own practice that I that Pezzle wouldn't recommend me doing it. But I, if I do it, I, I I check everything out. Is it safe for me? But my experience, what I know, and my knowledge, and then I do it. But I I wouldn't go back to Pezzle and say, well, you you showed me this and you're techno this and then I do this and do that. Yeah. It's on to me. Yeah. Petzl doesn't validate techniques. We, we yeah. have a few in our tech tips that we show. Yeah. These are some examples that Petzl's cool with and this is the way you can use this piece of gear. 
But like Maurice said, Maurice has all sorts of tips and tricks. Yeah, it, that that worked really well for him. But yeah, he he knows the forces that he's working with. Yeah. He he know he knows the tree species. You know he he knows all that. So he takes the yeah. risk onto himself, which he's comfortable with doing. Yeah, and obviously, it. I mean, everybody knows. But working in the tree industry, every single job is different. So you have to adapt. Yeah, every, like each day you go to work, and sometimes some techniques are called for. Um, and as long as you do the risk assessment and you're being safe, then yeah. there's, there's so many techniques. So, for, like you say, somebody for Petzl to come out and approve all these techniques, they're equipment manufacturers, so they're that's what they're involved with. And even, I suppose, even the, the this question that I've just brought up to you, maybe even puts Petzl off from putting small things like that out because they're like, oh, we're getting so much, so many questions about this one simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's a whole pillar of Petzl that we want to share information. Yeah. Right. So we say products and solutions. Yeah. So we try and give some examples of solutions for certain scenarios and certain job sites. Yeah. Uh, so those are vetted. Those are super vetted. Right. And they, uh, the French team, there's a whole team who draws those technical notices and this group checks it and then they throw it over to North America and then they check it. This specific one with the carabiner, was it the best technical tip we ever came out with? No, definitely not, right? Yeah. And if they didn't put it out, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But it does spur conversation, right? Yeah. And it does say, well, is the end user seeing if the carabiner is sideloaded or not? And get the end user thinking about what It's, what defi it's definitely been good to spot the conversation because even listening to Maurice kind of talk and explain, you know, what's going on, it, it yeah, it kind of, it, it sinks into people more than just saying, oh, that's wrong. That, and, but a lot of people just think, think it's wrong because they've seen other people say it's wrong, but nobody then goes into more detail, so, um, yeah. Appreciate it. It's always the same thing. It's like uh, it's it's more like um, uh, a culture thing in, in arbor culture that uh, well somebody somewhere that was placed in a position to be heard and said uh, you cannot do this and from that it's like they associate everything with that but it's not really the truth. So I'm sure that in Europe there's no no issues with that at all. Yeah. But here in North America there's a big issue with that. But uh, well I would I would say it's not a big issue. It's just something. That, you know, it's talked about, but to me, yeah. it's uh, I've seen stuff that's been done in the industry that would that people claim that it's really, really terrifying. safe and it's terrifying for me. So it's so you, don't, it's, you don't rig from a bucket truck, <laughs> <laughs> you don't rig off the wheel? <laughs> no, but still, so it's it's, it's really I, I would say do your own assessment, your risk management, and all that. And if it's fits for you, take your risk and and you know, take your responsibility of it. Um, so earlier this year, um Petzl hosted like an arborist symposium. Uh, it's the first one they did, and it was it was like invite only. So you invited uh, I don't know 60 people or so. Yeah. Um, for it was supposed uh, to be 15, and it got up to 60, and it, we, it, it ended 67 something like that. We opened the floodgates yeah. there at the end. Yeah. Said, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you obviously invited certain people for for various reasons, but how? What kind of describe what the idea behind the symposium was and what Petzl's thoughts were after it happened and if you plan to do something similar in the future and kind of what Petzl's takeaway was from the yeah, symposium. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think overwhelmingly it was a success. We, we gave a little survey at the end and everybody said, yes, please do more of these. It's really nice for the community to come together outside of a competition scenario. 
So that was that was one of the the main goals. It was uh, we want a meeting of the minds, right? We want people, we want safety directors, we want really killer influences, badass at doing tree work, and we want some people who are influential and just love gear and are gear nerds to come and, and see all these new things that Petzl are, are taking out and disperse some conversation. Uh, so it was really that meeting of the minds that that generated the whole thing, and then from there we said, well, what do we want to do here? We want to educate. Uh, about some new techniques, and that's what, why we brought Maurice in and did an absolutely killer job. We want to do some education on some new products, give you guys some swag. Um, that that was the uh, that's how it originated, uh, which was pretty cool. And, and afterwards, uh, we learned a lot, right? So it was interesting because we do the rope trip, which is a rope access event, uh, it, but that is a competition, right? So we we strictly said we don't want to have competition. Uh, how can we do this? We have limited resources. We have a budget, right? Um, tree care is a totally a focus of, of Petzl's. So we want to bring the community together. That's another one of these Petzl pillars I keep talking about is bringing the community together. Uh, so sharing information, bringing the community, to get community together, uh, product excellence and quality. Uh, there's all sorts of pieces of the Petzl puzzle. And gathering everybody in the same community, uh, it was just gathering community is what it was. Uh, what do you, Maurice? What do you think? How, well, after after the event, what did, what did you think? What well, did, what did I, you I thought it was a really great event because uh, we had a lot of people that, that showed up, you know, and uh, great people too. And then uh, uh, we got a a good platform to uh, expose our device and say what what really our device is, and not just uh, let it the industry say what they want about the device you know how to work it and what's the importance of it and all that so that that part of it was really my part of like the most of it you know yeah because it was just just after the launch of the the chicane came out yeah so that was kind of a a big focus as well um we wanted it to be fun too right yeah Yeah. we we wanted to have fun and show our facilities in in, in, uh, salt lake and see how you know and and which are absolutely incredible by the way yeah and and people can see that how uh, focus Pezzle is on on end users. Yep. You know, so we're a company that's manufactures stuff, but it's really focused on the end user. It's really there. All the efforts is going through there. It's not. It's not. It's building a brand, but it's really for the people. You know, so so safety is really a big issue with uh, with, with Pezzle. And I've seen that. In, I went to France and everything. I can see how people are focused on 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 safety issues and stuff like that. So that, that was a big part of it too. Yeah, and uh, as somebody who attended the symposium. You know, I took a lot away from it, from, I mean, just the, the networking aspect, the learning about the chicane and plus other gear, um, picking up some tips from yourself, Maurice, and also from um, Ryan Torchcola out in the field day. And, um, and then, yeah, getting to just spend a few days at the facility, which is absolutely incredible. There's a lot of effort gone into the design of the building and down in Salt Lake. Uh, so, yeah, it was... It was a, a very worthwhile event putting on, and hopefully there'll be more in the future. Yeah, Otherwise, I, ho- yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Right, with so many different markets, yeah. we have to we have to focus here one one year and go to a different market the next year, typically. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that's certainly one of my objectives is to have one. Uh, it won't be in 2020. I hope to have one in 2021. We'll uh, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Now, tell me about this new rope that's just launched at the TCI. Yeah, the the, the flow and. Uh, well, Maurice, this is your shot here. You, yeah. You've had this in secret for a while, so take yeah. it away. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah all, so I've, all this I, testing with tight lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I've been uh, using that rope for about two years and a half now. And um, 
it's uh, what I find is really um, good about that rope. It's it's the way that uh, the sheet doesn't really doesn't slip on, on the core. So that and and it may look like uh, like a simple thing, but it, it it creates that rope that's really compatible with the zigzag. So it really it enables it to keep its shape and keep it round. So it doesn't flatten up and it doesn't come hard. You know, it come really really hard because the sheet is always slipping on the core and the rope doesn't come hard. So it's really really compatible in that sense. So it's it's polyester on polyester. And uh, and then one of the great feature of it is that uh, we'll have a splice that's going to go through the, the zigzag, so you'll be able to pass the splice through the zigzag at the end. You don't have to run it through the uh, the uh, tail end of your rope. So would you say it keeps its roundness in all mechanical devices? Yeah, yeah, I think it, it would work in all because because the thing is that the the um, what because the, the the sheet doesn't slip on the core, uh, it'll, it'll it'll maintain its, its shape really. Is flexibility mostly, so it can maybe flatten when you pass the zigzag through. Once you work with the rope, it's going to retain and come back to its original shape and stay round. So uh, that's one of the what, what I thought it was the, one of the best benefit was that, and it's really the knotability of it's like amazing. It's really easy to do knots into it, so it's really uh, yeah. Really good. So we're talking about the flow and the control. Yeah, that, those are the names of the two ropes. So yeah. the flow, which um, in my opinion, I don't want to say it sound too negative, but those <laughs> names are very. Yeah, nope. Euro? Not too exciting. Are they? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> well that's, what, that's what they're called. Uh, so the, the flow is at 11.6 millimeter and the control is at a half inch, 12.5. And Maurice, have you come on both or just uh, well, mainly on, on 11.6? And I like better than a rope. So, so and then uh, so one of the uh, the thing is for the North American market, uh, use typically will will have use more rope that are, tends to have less elongation. So in Europe, it's mandatory to have that uh, standard, that 1891, uh, and these ropes tend to be a bit more, have more elongation. So that that will be one of the, the things yeah. that the guys gonna have to work with, you know, have more elongation in ropes. So. But you did tell me. So you said for for an open ascent, a really long ascent, it might be a little stretchy. But once you start working the tree with it, yeah. So the, the, so once you get, you're in the canopy and you're, you're closer to your anchor, then you get a good balance between that elongation and. and being able to pull yourself mm. up it's not a, it's not a dynamic rope it's, it's far from that yeah but uh and then once you, you learn to work that rope and, and keep your weight into the rope and not you know while you're doing long ascent start bouncing into your system then then because it stretches and it, once it's stretched out it keeps its, its uh is is elongation it's not like a bungee that's it's never ending you know elongation but uh so you gotta you know manage that and then uh then things finally and it's really uh, what i like most of it is really that it's, it's easy to knot and uh, it's really it keeps it's really super to get, keep itself around so it's yeah so because it, it's exactly if you flatten your rope you can up to a point it can start slipping just because it's flat you know? so i mean as far as the elongation of the rope goes i don't know if there's like a holy grail because it's all personal preference isn't it like i have a personal preference to what what I like from rope as far mm. as stretch goes, other people like more static, other people don't mind more bounce. So, I mean, the, you're always going to get people that don't like it for that reason and people that yeah. do like it for that reason. So, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, so it's a pretty middle ground, would you agree? A pretty middle ground rope, right? It's not extremely static and no. it's certainly not dynamic by no. any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's no not like, a, like, a, like the ecstatic that's mainly for. You know SRS or or uh, stationary rope. Yeah. And adrenaline is more a mix mix rope. So this this is closer to adrenaline. Uh, mix rope that can do uh, SRS or you know MRS.
Um, so I was talking to you earlier, Maurice, um, and just explain a little. So when when the rope is manufactured, they put the label on the end of the rope yeah. and the, the heat shrink. And obviously yeah. the heat shrink adds a few mil. Yeah. So that's always an issue to to for the zigzag. Yeah. It won't go over the heat shrink, but yeah. and from a manufacturer point of view, that's. I mean, that's how it needs to be. But yeah. you were explaining how you do it on your own personal rope that yeah. would be hard for a manufacturer to do, but... Yeah, it wouldn't be sustainable a, for a manufacturer a to do. A good little tip. Yeah, so what I do is I take uh, the end of that rope, I take a piece of the core up, about uh, maybe 12 centimeters. And then what I do is I take the label, and I and then because the core is not into the, the sheet, so the sheet can be compressed up to a point that's almost with the uh, shrink wrap onto it, the same diameter. So I put the label underneath that and I shrink it like that and it, it makes it it's a bit stiff so it, it works like a needle so it's really easy to go through the zigzag. So I still have got my label and uh, I, I've got uh, uh, something to protect it over and plus it's stiff in the end and it's easy to put into my, uh, my zigzag. So I, th I think it works pretty good. So, so then once you've done that, you're able to put the Zigzag by both, and both put on, ends. Put on and take it off both ends. Both ends, yeah. You've still got the the, the safety label on, yeah, the, label on the end of it. Yeah. You've got it heat shrunk on, and because it's on the end, it's not like a safety concern. and and Yeah. yeah. So I just got to, if I knot the end of it, so let's say I want to work the other end of my rope and I want to do a, a fisherman knot onto it, I just got to be, I know that I have a piece of the rope that's only only the sheet, so I got to do my manage my knot differently but uh but still it's, because it's in the end it's not a big issue and i like it because it's really easy to put my uh my rope to my zigzag so because of the the shrink wrap the is really stiff as a yeah. Shrink wrap, yeah nice and um you you climbing on some top secret projects at the moment yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's that <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah. Right, we'll leave it there, fellas. Much appreciated for joining us. Yeah, no, thanks yeah. for having us on. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate fun. it. And You're not that bad. You know, it wasn't that. These questions were not. No, no. That, yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to prepare some. <laughs> yeah, some, some real tough ones. Some yeah. tough ones for next yeah, time. Yeah, but we don't have to answer. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, awesome, Dan. Thanks, man. Cheers. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast with Rudy and Maurice. Rudy and Maurice. Uh, absolute fantastic guys uh, really really good guys and I loved hanging out with them uh, at the expo and for the podcast really appreciate your time guys and look forward to doing that again this podcast was sponsored by Westbur Tree Equipment so westbur.com they've always been a huge supporter of climbingarbus.com and everything we do and they continue support to support the podcast so we're really grateful um, for Westberg getting behind us and appreciating the information that we put out there to the arborists of the world. So we really appreciate their support on this. And to show their support, they're offering all the listeners of the podcast 10% off their entire order. So if you go to westberg.com forward slash pod and use the promo code DAN, so go to westberg.com forward slash pod, use the promo code DAN and you'll get 10% off your entire order. This podcast was also brought to you by Jobber Business Software. Jobber is a business software that helps me run my own business, and it's been fantastic since I implemented it. Uh, it makes everything more streamlined. It makes me more organized as a person. It makes me not forget to invoice jobs like I used to do. Um, so I can really 
get behind Jobber as a product. It's been absolutely fantastic for me and it will continue to be a really great service. Um, so uh, the listeners of this podcast, Jobber are offering a 14-day free trial. And then if you if you like it and you want to sign up after the free trial, you can get 20% off your first six months subscription. So that's a 14-day free trial and then 20% off your first six months subscription if you really enjoy it and you, you want to sign up. Uh, just go to the uh, go to com and you'll see a jobber uh, image across the top banner. Just click on that and that will take you through to the link to get you that, that offer.